Hey, I'm Kevin Pettit. And I'm Brian. I'm Neil. <laughs> I'm JC. And I'm Dylan. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Loud Cracks. Mm. Cheers, boys. <laughs> All right. Obviously, this is a different type of episode. It is November 6th, and the world is a little crazy right now. Some people might think it's crazier than others. Um, we ran into some issues with the normal episode where Martin uh, had some issues of work. He had to work late, and, but you know the world is so crazy right now. I almost decided to cancel the episode for this week, but I decided you know we're going to do something a little different, a little around the horn. We're going to get multiple voices on here, some wonderful people. Tonight on Lad's podcast, we have JC, we have Dylan, we have Neil, and we also have Brian from our Discord channel. Um, so guys, thank you so much for coming on here. We have a lot of topics to get to, but I really appreciate you guys coming on and kind of saving this week's episode. So thank you. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. All right. Always well, a pleasure. I, I, I feel for this episode, uh, usually we do some, we're going to get in some witty banter and whatnot, and usually we cover the week's games before, but it's already a little too late. So for this episode, I talked a little before, we're just going to cover some big headlines, and I'm going to hop around the room. You guys can introduce yourselves and kind of give your thoughts on whatever topic uh, I decide to bring up. So for starters... I want to start with what I feel as though the biggest story in the Premier League um, and kind of hitting the big six right now in the Premier League is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in his job. And will he have one going forward? Uh, we have a Spurs fan here, so maybe he want to talk a little about Pochettino coming on um, in the future. But um, what's... Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with JC this time. Um, and then I'll mix it up and go to different people around the room. So JC is a massive Leon fan. He is also part of the lads Dune book club. Um, so JC, what are your thoughts on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Um, obviously he has had some success, but it's also has led to dreadful watching football stuff. That's like hard to fucking watch. What have you made of him so far? And, uh, give a little, like a little about yourself. Hey everybody. Um, don't really have much about myself. I'm from France, uh, live in the United States. Uh, like you said, big Lyon fan. Made it to the semifinals of the Champions League. Better than uh, what some Tottenham fans. Well, actually, they made it to the finals last year. Never mind. Arsenal's done <laughs> in the past few years. So, um, so I got a little bit more on y'all right there. Uh, with Ole Gunnar uh, Solskjaer, he has been. I was listening to a podcast, and it was. Um, he has had more points in his first 100 games than I think Jurgen Klopp uh, and Sir Alex Ferguson in his, their first 100 games. So that's something to think about. But over time, things do change. Like the, the Premier League's a much better, uh, much better league, I think, than 20, 25 years ago when Sir Alex Ferguson was in it. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure if he should be sacked. He didn't really get a lot in the summer transfer window, I mean, what did he get? He got Donny Van de Beek, and that was like a last-minute signing. There was talks of getting Koulibaly, talks about getting Jaden Sancho, and basically every single person except for Cristiano Ronaldo this past summer. Um, so with that being said, I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I think that it, he shouldn't necessarily get sacked. He needs more backing, but I think that uh, the board needs to go. Edward Woodward he needs to have somebody in charge of the football management. That's that's basically what it comes down to for me. 
Okay. Yeah, I feel as though that is a strong argument for Oli in that United fans would cling on and say, hey, he's doing everything he can with what he has, and the board hasn't given him the backing. Let's hop over to Brian, who's a massive West Ham fan. Uh, come on, you irons. Um, oh, yeah. What um what have you made of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? I mean, there are some fans in the Premier League who are like, yes, I want him there forever, please. <laughs> I would love for this man to stay on at United. What is your thoughts as a as a man as someone who has a manager who is a former United manager? <laughs> um, first off, I want to say Ole in Woodward in. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's nice to watch them suffer. Um, I will say though, I, I think that um. I don't know. As far as like the new age managers between like him and Lampard, um, I think that he has struggled a little bit more. Um, when you look at his last year, Lampard came in um, kind of, you know, with the transfer ban, couldn't really make his own team. Um, Woodward on, or um, Ollie on the other hand um, has a ton of talent to work with um, and he's still not making work. I mean, there's Pogba. I don't even really know what else to, what to say about him. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that he's going to go soon. I think Poch would be a great um, replacement. It would pain me to see Poch go there because I actually really do like Poch, um, you know, despite him being a ex-Tottenham manager. But, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I like that. So I'll, I'll transition uh, to Dylan, and then I want to get Neil's thoughts about the Arsenal 1-0 match. I thought he got out-tacticed. Uh, out-tacticed? out Fucked. He got he got schooled by Mikel Arteta to be polite. Um, but I'll go to Dylan first. Um, obviously, there's been tons of rumors about Pochettino going. Um, as a Spurs fan, would that pain you? And again, what are your thoughts on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's like tenure so far? All right, so let me rewind you 24 hours. All right, Pochettino. He's on the news. He's interviewing. Okay, first off, man's got the cheddar. All right, he's got the, the <laughs> yeah, part. he does. It look nice. He's got, bro, he's got the chipmunk cheeks. He's smiling when he's talking about his bro. And I'm not gonna lie, it hurt. All right, like I, I am happy with you know Instagram model Jose Mourinho. Uh, things are things are you know looking good in North London. However, it did pain me to see him, you know, happy about us doing well because it's like, I mean. A little bit of background, like I really started following Spurs about two to three years ago, and like the day that he got sacked, I mean, I'm a teacher, and like it was like right around lunchtime, and I was like, kids come back to the next period, and I was just like d- distraught, right? Um, so, <laughs> Play on your phones, I don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like dude, like whatever, we're done for the day, um, and then especially because like Jose was being rumored, and you know, obviously him, you know. Going back to Chelsea wasn't that great. United obviously didn't work out that well. So I'm like, great, so you can come fuck over my club. Wonderful, right? Um, but I mean, b- back to Podge, man, like, you know, bias aside and love for him aside, I think that, you know, that is like the obvious move, right? Like, why would you not? I mean, you know, Man U has all the money in the world. They have the ability to do it. Why wouldn't they, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, back to back to OGS. I mean, I, I hope he stays. Right? Okay. Six uh, one beat down. You know, their worst, their worst uh, tie for their worst loss in like the thirties or, or some shit like that. Uh, I have. It seven. wasn't great. It was not oh, no, great it for was them. Amazing. It was. It was great. Well, it was for you, yes. Yeah. Uh, I have several friends that are Man U fans. Obviously, some in the Discord, some like in real life. And that was just, you know, being a Spurs fan, where like literally you just shit the bed at like the most 
insane times looking at you, Brian, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll take what I can get, right? But, uh, you know, he, he reminds me of just, I mean, think of, you know, any uh, college coach, like, for example, uh, Jimbo Fisher or, uh, you know, any, any coach like that. You know they'll come in. He has all these all these wins, right? But then if you really dissect who those wins are against, they're they're not really the same quality of wins as what Klopp has, right? Uh, they're not. You know, uh, you know, you, you'll get the big one every now and then. You know, them over PSG, them you know doing whatever the hell they're doing in Champions League. But then you know. To bring it back to Spurs, they get you know absolutely trounced by Spurs, and it's just like as a Spurs fan, that's great for me, right? But then you think it through the mm. it's, uh, it's United, like this shouldn't be happening. So I don't see him there that much longer, um, especially after yesterday against you know Istanbul, Bestas, whatever the hell. Uh, so I mean, we'll we'll see. I think Poch would be dumb not to go there, um, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'll ask. I'll go to you. I'll go to. I'll be the first to ask. Does he last till Boxing Day? <laughs> when is Boxing Day? Like Christmas. Let's say the the, the okay. December yeah. slate. No. Hmm. You think he's out by then? Do you think they'll just have like an interim for then for a little bit, and then maybe Potch at the beginning of the next season, or do you think Potch hops in? I think I think Potch hops in. I think we pull kind of like a. Like like a like a Jose type thing because I mean I mean literally you think about the Istanbul game yesterday like literally the entire back line just fell apart mm-hmm. it just runs down and scores and like there was like really no fight for them to come back and I mean mm-hmm. you got it like come on man like you paid as much for Van de Beek as I'm pretty sure half that club is worth exactly yeah it feels though like it's just tactically they're just not all there so i, I want to hop over to neil who seemed to have been having some technical problems neil welcome back um, hello hello fellow fellow gunner fellow gunner um what are your thoughts on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, especially after that master class by our boys el nenny parte you know i don't have to get i don't have to get into it i'm not going to rub it in but you know it was pretty pretty phenomenal so go on go on yeah go ahead i want to start my segment off with a quote from arsenal legend ian wright on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. For me, he's playing off vibes. He's managing off pure vibes. And <laughs> I think that's kind of the sentiment with United. Just vibes, baby. Just yeah. vibes. They have a good team. You know, Bruno, when he's on his game, is fantastic. By the way, my fun fact of that game was Burnt Leno completed more passes than him. I think the biggest problem for them is defense. Obviously, Harry Maguire is a fridge. Lindelof's not bad. He had he. I thought he played very well versus Arsenal. And you know, Alex Tellis has COVID. Luke Shaw's like all right. Aaron Wambasaka is fantastic. But the biggest point from the United game, and Tim Howard was saying in pregame, was the diamond shape doesn't fit them at all. Because when you have Fred on one side and Pogba on the other side, if they track in the middle too much, you could have wingbacks like Kieran Tierney and Hector Bellerin just exposing them. Bellerin played fantastic. Kieran Tierney, our flying Scotsman, lovely. But I think if you look at their schedule coming up for United, so they got Everton on Saturday. That's going to be a good game because I think Lucas Digne is coming back. I don't know about yeah. Richarlison. Maybe. I think he's back. And I know James Rodriguez is back, so that could be a key game in deciding his future. 
Then they got West Brom. Then they go back again, play Istanbul, Southampton, Man uh, PSG, West Ham, Leipzig City. So that's this Saturday until December 12th. So it's it's a rough stretch of games. And I have talked to a bunch of my friends who are United fans, and they agree it's all the board. They are complete Woodward out, Glazers out. And I don't mean that in the routes, but I feel like there has to, I mean, Ole looks like he's getting like absolutely schooled out there. And also the players. I feel like I feel like that's such a, a, a scapegoat. Like, it's a cop out. It is, like, it is oh, the, it's, it's the higher ups. It is the most cop out way to answer, but if you look at the defensive issues they have, I don't think they've done much to fix. Like, all right, you signed Harry Maguire for 80 million pounds. Look how that's turned out. You signed Alex Telles, granted fantastic player but to quote Lionel Messi that's a plug the whole signing it's not something you can build on for the future so I think it's bits and pieces and I don't know when when uh, I'm I've got roped into the degenerate shithole known as football Twitter like two or three summers ago and the biggest trend has always been Ole versus Lampard versus Arteta and I think you can clearly see Arteta and Lampard are clear but Ole he's got he, I don't know man I think Here's what realistically happens when you guys mentioned Potch. I think if he gets sacked, Michael Carrick takes interim manager and they go for someone like a Potch or an Allegri in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I was like kind of alluding with that with Dylan, like, oh, will they do an interim or what are they going to do? Like the kind of hold things off, kind of like when uh, Unai got sacked, we had a uh, uh, come in. Yeah, yeah, Freddie came in. So um, I could easily see. I mean, they've done it before, you know, with uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Griggs or uh, Griggs. Uh, fucking Giggs. Giggs. Yeah, sorry. So um, sorry, JC. Um, but no, I'm just uh, saying, yeah. But is Pogba done? I'm, I'm going to I just want to open this up to the floor. Um, like, what is the role now with Pogba, I'll go to Brian and then JC Neil, and then I'll end with uh, Dylan this time. So I'll start with Brian this time. Um, like Pogba, like what do you do with him? I mean, obviously he was your like marquee signing years ago, and like all the talent in the world, and he performed still well for France. Like, what do you do with this guy? Do you bench him? Do you play him? I mean, <laughs> it seems like nothing has worked at this point. Like, I don't know. I would try to shop him around um, in January if I was them, but. I, I don't know. He, he's just so frustrating because you know what he can be, and he just isn't. Um, he's not playing up to his own standards. You know, when they first signed him, you know, it was a great signing. Look at him now. I mean, I, last season he was just so like I don't even know how much he played last season. Like he was pretty on and off, right? Like I don't know. I feel like he's kind of just disappeared into the woodwork. Um, but. Yeah, no, I, I honestly see. It's like uh, he has kind of like the ghost syndrome. One game he'll show up. One game you'll be like, wow, he's the best midfielder in the world. The next game you're like, how is this guy even like wearing a United shirt? So, again, yeah. like the JC, uh, JC, I feel as though you're like uh, a massive French fan. I mean, he is, you know, your French international. What do you think of Paul Pogba? So in with a few of my friends who are Manchester United fans, I've had discussions. They want to see him as like a number six. A number eight because he's six foot three physically he looks good he's fast but he's actually more of a david silva or kevin de bruyne like more of a number 10 role like an advanced position and i think that's the issue with it um and then the other thing with pogba is he needs to have he's like he's a ferrari engine 
and you're trying to throw him into a nice Nissan or something like that, he's not going <laughs> to perform as well. Like in that situation, Pogba isn't going to make the car win the F1 championship. He's going to get you from point A to point B, and because the engine's so powerful, it's going to screw up the car. And that personally is how I think Pogba is with Manchester United. You throw him on a team with more around him that can complement him, like the French World Cup squad in 2018. Mind you, that was just two years ago. He played fantastic because he has the likes of Mbappe. He has the likes of Greensman. He has just a back line behind him, Matuidi covering for him. And I think he'd do fantastic. Mm. Yeah, I feel like the argument's always been like what Deschamps has done is just like, all right, we're going to not, everyone else does tactics, Pogba, you do your thing because you're amazing at it. And then Nagole Kante will cover up whatever mistakes you make. Um, Neil, your thoughts on Pogba. I mean, I posted that meme that he's the beer that's just all foam and just a little bit of, uh, you know, beer at the bottom. I, I feel like that's fairly accurate. I mean, after watching Thomas Partey tear him apart, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts? Not only Thomas Partey send him to the shadow realm, shadow realm, well, man, like Mohammed El Nenny played him off the park. The true Egyptian Old King, Trapple, yes. At Old Trafford, nonetheless. And I think that in, the most interesting part about the whole Pogba scenario is he's got two years left on his deal. So if you're, if I'm United, if I'm the board, I'm trying to ship him as soon as possible or sign him to a one-year extension then try and ship him versus giving him the long term. And... It's the same thing going back to football Twitter. When you watch compilations of him, like 90% of it is his Juventus highlights. So, I mean, that's... When he was at Juventus, he was fucking brilliant, to say the least. But now, I mean, he's he's a shadow of his former self. And hearing him speak in old interviews, I think he's going to try and jump ship to a Real Madrid because Zidane's a big fan of him. He wants to go to Real Madrid. So, I think... Both French, yes. I think he's going to end up leaving soon, but it's a matter of when. Is it going to be January if they can get the right offer or the summer, depending on his contract situation? I feel like a move for him would help rejuvenate his career a lot. So I'd like to see him move on, but if he could stay and nail down a place and get consistent game time playing well, I wouldn't mind seeing it, even though it's for a rival, because he is a fantastic player at the end of the day. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, people were saying like, oh, like he was in the Kevin De Bruyne talk. I don't even consider them in the same tier by anywhere near, like, oh. especially consistency. So, um, oh, did someone have to say something? It was, uh, no, okay. Um, Dylan, um, Pogba, your thoughts? Obviously, the benefit of going last is all the points already taken, right? But hey, it's, uh, one thing I wanted to add is, you know, kind of to... Uh, you know, kind of, kind of tell my manager. I, I personally think Jose ruined him, man. Like, really? I, I really do. I mean, you know, the thing is, like, to JC's point, he's like a Ferrari being put in an Nissan. The thing is, Ferrari engines take a lot of babying, right? And they're hella <laughs> fucking expensive to to repair. Okay. Um, I think I think Jose really like ruined his psyche. Whenever he was there, because I mean, we all remember it, right? The whole, you know, literally just calling him out in public, which I mean, personally, I have an issue with that. Like, I hope that never happens, you know, well, take it back. It happened to Anomaly, but whatever. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it's kind of what he did, right? And, you know, athletes, for the most part, they have the mental fortitude to overcome that. But the thing is, you know, Pogba called what he is. He's kind of a diva. Now, 
he's a very talented diva and he can back that up. So like, I, I can't really say anything about it, but the thing is that I don't think he's ever recovered from whenever, you know, Jose was there. And then, you know, Ole coming in, you know, obviously given the opportunities and like, he'll have these flashes. Right. But then, you know, it's almost like he's like, he's not even into it. Right. But mm. then, you know, to, uh, to Brian's point about, you know, wearing the shirt. I mean, you know, like, it's like, you know, your surprise is in the United shirt, but I mean, I feel like that goes for like a lot of their team, right? Like, depending Who on... Who deserves to like wear the badge? Yeah, well, especially depending on the week, right? I mean, you, you obviously you got Bruno, who's, you know, godly amazing, but I mean, you've got, you know, you got De Gea, who, you know, was a freaking wall for years, and now he's kind of, you know, iffy. You've got Pogba, who, you know, was... You know, a force who's iffy and you know you don't really think of iffy and united in the same sentence especially like whenever you look you know you can comp- compare their silverware to everyone's including our, our lack thereof right oh that was very nice of you uh to uh admit the, your lack of silverware anyway uh jc I, I, you you <laughs> jc you raised your hand um did you want to add on to this yeah so you talked about the formation uh that Manchester United's playing. Uh, some of my thoughts or something that I wanted to ask what your opinion was, Kevin, was what formation do you think that they might want to play? Because right now, Ooh. I personally think the issue is, is Manchester United doesn't have a striker. They have versatile strikers like wingers, but they don't have that number nine. Uh, they have Martial, they have Rashford, they have Greenwood, they have Lingard, if you want to count him as a striker or even a player at this point. Um, but they don't have, they have Cavani. And Igalo, I think, as their quote unquote strikers. Right. That was very generous of you to consider Lingard a player. Now, um, I I'm trying to think. Th- that's where it gets tough. They got too many of the same player. It's kind of an issue. I mean, when you have Donny Van de Beek, you have Bruno Fernandez and Pogba, it's like you could all play them at the same position. And sometimes you have them all in the same field. Like it's Manchester United, I think the biggest thing you can take away from and the biggest argument towards the board has fucked this team is that argument. That, like, you have set this team up to fail because literally you have too much of the same thing and they just cancel each other out. It's just bad. Um, If I were to set up this team, I would probably do, like, a Greenwood at the nine, maybe Rashford and uh, Martial on the wings. But Martial so hot and cold. He's the hottest and coldest player I've ever seen in my life. It is striking some days i'm like very henri-esque even how he runs sometimes like uh mbappe has that too i love how they run they very like henri when he was on a breakaway um and in the midfield like why the fuck is fred still playing i hate that guy i can't stand him that he's wearing a Manchester. he's like back when fellaini used to wear the jersey for manchester united i'm like this guy does not deserve to wear that jersey um Again, like I think I I don't have the answer for it, and I feel like Oli Oli Gunnar definitely doesn't have the answer for it because he's been out tactic by multiple other managers, specifically Mikel Arteta, obviously biased. But um, no, I I think that's the biggest issue because like just me trying to like construct it in my head, I have no idea. But Dylan, you raised your hand real quick. Um, did you want to chime in real quick about this before I move on to like the next subject? And again, Brian Neil, feel free to chime in as well. So also the the whole hand raising thing uh, makes the teacher me very happy. By the way, I'm proud of you, boys. All right, good job, good job. All right, um, no, but but to, to your point about the board fucking them, right? Um, honestly, like like you're you're 100 right. I mean, look at their signings, right? They signed they signed Donny Vanderbeek and and Cavani, like 
like it's it's like it's like the guy like in uh in like fantasy football who you know has you know 13 quarterbacks but you know <laughs> fucking like i don't know Blake has Bortles, a monopoly yeah blake Bortles goes available and he's like yeah i'll take him too and it's like you don't need them like like you need like a receiver right you need like direly you need other things but it's like Oh no! I'll just take this because it's available, right? And like, and like, the thing is, like, like one of the few that could have afforded Vanderbeek for like what it was. And the thing is, like, you know, I get the whole like, you know, relax. He's not starting yet, blah blah blah. But it's like he's riding the bench, like except for today. I guess he did start or yesterday, right? But like, it, you know, you have this, you know, extreme talent, and you're not even using it, which. You know, I, I can't talk. I'm a Cowboys fan, so I, I get the whole, you know, having more money than God. But, like... Mm-hmm. We are, like, I mean, very similar. We are talking about a team that's not great, but we talk about them a lot, you know? it's. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we're the mainstream media, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm an Eagles fan. I have no room to talk. Um, so but, cool. no, I think you're I think you're, ex- <laughs> I think you're exactly right. I know you hate me, Dylan. Um, but, no, um, Brian, Neil, I'm going to hop over to you guys real quick. Anything else you want to add? I want to move on uh, to the next topic just to prep you guys about the the uh, changing of the guard of Firmino from Toyota and what you guys think about that and kind of where Liverpool is going forward. But Brian, Neil, anything else on the Pogba subject? Manchester United in general. I'm done talking about the Red Devils. Yeah, it's it's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm getting I'm getting it from Neil. Neil, I'll start with you. Um Bobby Firmino is done, right? Like we can just like close the door. Like obviously the system that they had going with that front three, possibly like the past three years, one of the best front threes in football. Unbelievable. I mean, but if you look at the stats, you look at the fucking whatever, you know, the EPL boys, the uh, XG stat things, whatever they're called. I can't, you know, map it out. Firmino has been bad for Liverpool, and they've kind of just like allowed him to continue putting on the shirt and going out there. But, I mean, this signing from the Wolves has been unbelievable. I mean, it's now six goals in four games. Just as his first got a Champions League hat trick the other day. Um, does Yota, like, does he get the starting spot over Bobby Firmino? This is Daniil. Yes, because I own him in fantasy. And his points help me a lot. But, no, even watching it play, like, his debut against Arsenal when they beat us 3-1... That goal, the turnaround, just hit into the bottom corner. I was like, I've always known he was a great talent, but watching him play more and more in a Liverpool shirt, I think he does take over from Firmino in the sense that he can take the goal load off of Salah and Mane so that eases pressure off of them because you have another threat going forward. And he's just fun to watch. I mean, I think he's great. So I think, yes, he takes the guard over. Okay, um, I'll move over to Brian now. Um, do you think it's like an immediate, like your thoughts on like, does he take over for Bobby? Is Bobby getting too much hate? Liverpool fans, I'll, I'll do the whole meme. Oh no, he's a defensive striker. He does more on the other side. He's a left back central defensive number nine, whatever the meme is. Um, but does Yota, you know, should he start over him? And I think the answer is a unified yes. Um, I'm going to say no, because I have Firmino <gasps> on my fantasy team. <laughs> um, also, because you have to score on uh, West Ham last week. Um, so here's the thing. I think 
I kind of like what they're doing right now. He as like a super sub, like impact sub. Um, him coming on late in the game. I mean, he changes the game as soon as it gets on. Now, some would make the argument that, oh, if he came on right out the gate, like, you know, wouldn't he just play at that level the whole time? We don't know that yet. Um, he seems to be doing really well coming on, you know, at the 60th, 70th minute. I mean, he's he's been on fire. Um, I I think people are being a little bit harsh on Firmino, but it's I can see why people would want to start uh, Yoto over him because, I mean, the dude's been balling, but um, I don't know. I, I have, uh, I think, uh, you know, Firmino doesn't start scoring soon. His days as the starter are numbered for sure. But mm. yeah, I'm, I am in the play the hot hand. JC, do you feel the same way as uh, I do? Or are you Brian? Like, you know, Bobby is the true tested Liverpool veteran. What are your thoughts? Play the hot hand. You have to play the hot hand. Um, there's been talk since uh, since Liverpool started coming up and started doing well, winning the Champions League, winning the Premier League. You have Bobby uh, Firmino, you have Mohamed Salah, and then you have Sadio Mane. They're all what 29 years old now. You got to in- infuse some youth into that. You got to slowly change it. You can't have the same three for the next four or five years. I mean, you could, but I don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, Yota, he's 23 years old. He's a good replacement for that. You move on from Bobby in the next year or two. He's been a great servant to the club. Um, but yeah, I think it's. I think you play the high hand. Have Bobby. He the, his personality looks like somebody who will fit well into the team, whether he's starting or not starting. And same thing with Yata. I think all the whole crew of the those four. Well, sometimes Salah doesn't want to pass to Mane, but the whole crew of those four. I think that they can really work together um, and intertwine. And I say you play Yata. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm again. I'm with you, hundred percent. I feel as though it just brings a different dynamic, which has been so needed. I feel like a lot of teams this year in the Premier League. I mean, it, the table is crazy. Which that's like probably the next point I'm going to get to is like how insane, like how close it is at the top to the bottom. But uh, Dylan, how do you feel about uh, Yota and like in general, like the Liverpool front three? Does the, are you going to stick with history or are you going to stick with like recency bias like maybe I, some of us are doing? I'm going to grab my salad. I'm going to throw it right on that fence, baby. I'm going to ride that fence. All right. <laughs> so I literally while you guys are talking, I'm just scribbling notes, like my thoughts on this. So first off, um, to JC's point, literally like like Jota is like the he's like he's like the bridge friend. OK, he is like like you have you know Mane and like Salah who like don't like to pass to each other. So like fuck it, we'll just pass to him, right? Like because they, they both like him, right? So in, in that camp, obviously play the hot hand, right? However, we need to remember like we need to back it up a little bit, right? Like we haven't really seen how he performs in the Prem yet, okay? Like this is group stage Champions League where he's just balling out of his mind. Now it is Champions League, right? And I mean, absolutely. Like he's doing amazing. However, like uh, I mean, I I think that it's a little jump in the gunish to uh, to just kick Bobby out. You know, um, especially because they're in first place. You know, if they were like mid table, I could see you know kind of like a like a clean up kind of thing. Uh, you know, let's try this because we need to get back where we need to be. But they're in first place, and then like him being a super sub. I mean, it's it's unfair almost like seeing him come on and doing what he does. And it's like, why would you want to mess that up? Like you have a really good system already mm. and it's working. Why 
potentially fuck over, you know, Bobby Firmino, who has been there and like, you know, literally through it all, if you will, and, you know, potentially leave a bad taste in his mouth. And then let's say, you know, God forbid, you know, you know, Joe Todd like is not doing bad. And then you have like a like a Pogba type situation where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. his feelings are hurt. Like he, I mean, I, to me it's like it's a precarious situation. And I think you stay where you are and literally super sell him. So But Yatos mm. had he's had he's had two previous seasons in the Premier League and he was signed by I think Atletico Madrid when he was like eighteen years old. Like he's he's a solid player. He's proven yeah. himself in the Premier League. I think he got nine, ten goals one of the previous two seasons. So he can do it. I'm not saying like like loan out Bobby Firmino like as soon as December opens for like um, (laughs) but I'm saying like send him to Nottingham Forest yeah just send him to China like let him get paid but I'm just saying like hey play the hot hand for now and then like I said Firmino give him his opportunity he's been a long-standing servant but he is almost 30 I'm I'm sorry I just you you brought up China and we're talking about a Brazilian you guys remember Oscar I'm sorry, I totally forgot about that guy until you brought up China, and I thought of it. That guy was so good in the Premier League for Chelsea. God damn! Wow. He just turned like 29, I think. Like last Dude, the guy was when he went when he was like 25. I he was know. so young. That was that was like one of the big signs. We're like, oh, is China going to take over? Like, you know, everyone's fear. But like, <laughs> I was I was just blown away. I was like, wow, that was like one of those signings. Or like Paulinho, remember that guy on Barcelona? Anyway. Uh, that that was talking Chinese Super League. Um, all right, let's talk about this coming weekend. And I gotta say, there's some awesome matches. We got Man U Everton, but obviously the big match of the weekend is Manchester City versus Liverpool on Sunday, I believe. Right, boys? I don't. That's on Sunday, the the late game probably. Um, uh, it's at eleven thirty a.m. So, Eastern time. Right, right, right. So the the Sunday. Yes, um, I am. I'm looking at both these teams and I feel like what I like about, uh, you know, Yota starting for Liverpool is they have so much problems in the back right now. Obviously, Virgil van Dijk, Al Fabinho, that they need goals because they know they're going to concede goals because their defense isn't as good as it was last year. Um, but Man City also suffering from a slew of issues. Um, we'll do a little preview of this match and this kind of opens up the floor to the general thoughts of the premier league this season. Neil, I'll start with you. Um, I feel like this game, even though this is only what match week eight, I, I feel so. This is a very, even though it's a 38 week season, this is a massive game because the, the points are so close this year. No one feels like there's no front runner so far by far. Um, I feel as though this could be a decider if we're working, looking towards the end of the season. Who wins this? How do you feel about Liverpool versus Man City this weekend? So, see, so you bring that up. I had to bring the fan duel up. And the thing that just pops out to me the most is that, according to Vegas, City are the favorites. So, for money line, we got City minus 105 and Liverpool plus 240. If I'm betting on this game, which I am probably going to i'm a hammering liverpool money line i think even though they're a little bit leaky at the back city's problems have been a lot more prevalent you know ruben d like when you're a team like city you can go splash 60 million pounds on ruben diaz who's been a good player it's like really but you know they still have a good team nonetheless i don't know if the game is in liverpool or manchester 
But, you know, having no fans doesn't really affect that. So from a betting perspective, I'm hammering Liverpool money line. And when I looked at the table during this, so if you look at Everton fourth with 13 points, and you go all the way down to Crystal Palace at 13th with 10 points, that's a three-point difference. And in between, there's so many teams on 13 points, 12 points, 11 points, 10 points. So it's a real shake them up this season. And I don't think this is the... It's way too early to call if this is going to be like the title deciding match, but nonetheless, it's going to be a great one. And also, hammer Liverpool money line. Yeah, plus 240. That's generous. I feel as though that's like, I, I knew it was going to be probably a pick 'em, but I thought it'd be like minus 105 to like one. I thought it would be a lot closer. Wow. Um, I'll hop over to JC this time, then I'll go Brian and then dylan this time and then i'll start again with dylan around so jc uh your thoughts on the man city liverpool match do you feel as though this game is super important or do you feel like it's too early and overall thoughts on the match i always think seven eight weeks into the season's too early i mean manchester all right whatever city, i don't fuck me but like no it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm just saying i'm just saying i mean it could it, it's it's i mean it's not going to help them if they hit manchester city loses and then they're what uh, eight points behind liverpool um but it's it's so congested I, I do think that every match does matter so being able to get one or three points for manchester city here is helpful um both teams are kind of struggling um, to a degree. I mean, I'm saying that on Liverpool's only lost and tied one game, but they're missing Van Dijk. They're missing Fabinho for the time being. Um, Aston Villa scored seven goals against them. So in my eyes, they are struggling, but this is the time for Manchester City, I think, to make the most of it. Because when Liverpool's full force, I mean, they win the Champions League, they win the Premier League. Um, so with that being said, I'm on the fence uh, about that. So. Mm. Okay. Uh, Brian, your thoughts on this match and as someone who's done very well against West Ham or as against Liverpool and uh, Man City as a West Ham fan, um, you know, but how, how are you feeling? Um, I think I, I don't know if this game's going to be at, I mean, you know, like JC said, every game is important, but I don't think it's going to be as important as, let's say, them uh, these two teams playing each other last year would have been. I mean, they've both dropped points so far in the season. Um, I could see, I could see Liverpool maybe come out on top with like a two to one win. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Liverpool might end up edging it. I mean, they had. Um, they uh, ended up getting the win on West Ham last week. I think that um, I could see them pulling away with another one. But um, I don't know. I'd really like to see both of them draw, though, at this point. But Yeah, I mean, like, for this match, I'm going to stick with Brian for a second. Is Who do you think will be, like, if there's a player that plays at their absolute best, who do you think it could be that could really decide this match? Could it be a Kevin De Bruyne? Could it be a Sadio Mane? Could it be, you know... Who do you think could pull and push them over the edge if you had to pick one? Um, I think it's going to be uh, Yota. I think it, it really if he's, coming, okay. if, he's coming, if he's coming off the bench or if he's starting, I think he's scoring. And I think it's going to be, you know, either a game tying goal or a game winning goal. Um, I just I mean, the dude's been electric. Mm. Um, he's going to be the Origi. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think uh, another thing, too, I'm a little bit sidetracked, but I think you can kind of I mean, Wolves, I wouldn't say Wolves are struggling, but they definitely had a little bit of a rough start in the first few games. Um, and I think a lot of that was like trying to figure out how to play without him on their squad. Um, 
But um, yeah, I think I could I could really see him pulling a pulling a goal out of there. I think he'd be the uh, deciding factor in that game. Hmm. All right, Dylan, your thoughts on the Liverpool Man City match? Uh, do you feel as though this could be a crucial match going forward for the rest of the Premier League campaign? Do you feel as though like it doesn't matter? Could way too early, you know? These are just you know everyone's struggling right now. No one's really flourishing right now. I mean, if we look at the top of the table, we had Everton winning the league <laughs> at the beginning of the season. That kind of that dried up. So, what what are your thoughts? That was a tough couple of weeks. You know, I, I got I gotta say, I, I personally think that it's. It's definitely not like the lose leaf sound, right? The thing is, it is a rivalry, okay? And rivalries are always fun. They're always important. And I think that the winner of this is going to get a massive, like, confidence stat boost, right? Like, if, if Man City wins it, then, you know, I mean, that, that puts them up the table. It gives them the confidence because they've been kind of shit lately. Like, they haven't been necessarily great, all right? But then if Liverpool wins it, I mean, it's just kind of like, oh, well, here we go again, right? Uh, I mean, my my prediction is Liverpool three one. Uh, I mean, even though I personally think that you know uh, Liverpool should stick with their current lineup and bringing in Jota as a super sub, I do think that like, I mean, if you're, I mean, if, if you're Klopp, you're just kind of like you know, as everyone in this pod thinks, like how why would you not ride the hot hand? He's going to start. I agree with Brian. He is going to score. And, you know, we're, we're right back to where we were the past couple of years. So uh, Liverpool 3-1, but I also hope they draw too because I, I hate Man City and their oil barren money. And I hate Liverpool mainly because uh, J.D. talks shit about Harry Kane every week. So I just want him to be paid. So that's <laughs> Shout it. out. Shout out the EPL boys. Yeah, shout um, them out. Shout them out. Yeah. At EPL Boys Podcast, please go subscribe to them. Go check them out. Our good friend Shady and Logan of the show and of the Discord channel. If you want to join the Discord channel, please send a link to one of our social medias. It's a great chat room with people you're listening to them who are wonderful human beings who like to talk soccer, drink, and chat shit. Also have great recipes. Also have great fashion. Have great takes on everything in the world. Now, I have one last question. I, I have some fan. How are you guys doing? How are you guys feeling good? It's good, baby. Okay, all right. I just want—I don't want to hold you guys too long. It, it, you know, getting late on a Thursday, it's past ten o'clock. So I just want to make sure I'm not holding anybody up. Now, all right, we we got people shaking drinks. I love that. I, I'm finishing up some Rittenhouse Pennsylvania whiskey, some rye whiskey. So this is this is great to see. Now, um, before I move in, I have some fan questions, which will kind of do like some rapid fire through. Is there? Liverpool, Man City are probably the favorites to win the Premier League right now, even though now everything's so tight. Could any of you, I'm going to start with JC, I'll go to Neil, I've been doing Dylan last too many times, I'll go JC, Dylan, Brian, Neil, I'll do it that way. I feel like I've been doing Dylan too many times last. Is there, so here's the question for the floor, is there any team that would surprise you, shock you, that could win the Premier League this year? Could it be a Leicester City who are currently in second, aren't they? They're in the table. Could Brendan Rodgers pull that off? Could Mikel Arteta? Could Josie Mourinho with his amazing squad? Could someone, I already see Dylan shaking his head. Could someone other than Liverpool Man City, who were the heavy favorites going into the season, pull off an upset and win the Premier League? JC, I'm going to start with you. Um, 
I'd, I'd say Leicester City's not deep enough. We saw what happened last year. Uh, we see what happens this year when Vardy doesn't play one, two games. He's got to come off the bench with a hurt hamstring, score a game winner. Um, the biggest surprise for me that I think could possibly win it is, um, is honestly, Chelsea. Uh, with all their new signings and everything and with the goalkeeper, um, they really seem to be a lot better. I mean, I saw a statistic, uh, kept a state percentage 50-something, and then uh, – the new goalie, Mendy, is 92%. So I think Chelsea would be the, the biggest one. They got Werner. They have Havertz. They have, a, they have Zayic, who just won a man of the match in his last match. So I think Chelsea would be the big surprise that, that I think can challenge uh, Liverpool, Man City up top. Hmm. I like that, yeah. And how much of a surprise would it be? I mean, they did spend a lot. Would it be that shocking that Chelsea would win the league and how well Frank Lampard has done this squad? No, I like I like that pick a lot. Uh, I'll hop over to who was I going to say? All right. Fuck you, Dylan. Dylan, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I, I feel like I keep doing you last. So I'm trying to like work this around my my my. What are your thoughts? You know, what? I, this is like the one time I wish I was going last because then if someone else said Spurs, I wouldn't feel like a you know, complete like, you know, dickhead for it. However, <laughs> OK, do not let this Tottenham hoodie fool you. OK, do not let, you know. My absolute fandom, you know, shine through. However, I legitimately Ooh. down at the bottom of my heart believe that if anyone is to challenge Liverpool, it's it's Spurs. Okay, and here's why. Okay, we finally. All right, all right. Yes. Okay, Brian, I see you shaking your head. I, I get it, bro. Okay, literally, Gareth Bale comes on, and the whole world goes to shit. I get it. Okay. However, we have Bale. Okay, Spurs also have something that we haven't had in a long time. That's depth. Okay, we finally signed a fucking striker. Like, like, I mean, come on. Yeah, like the the, the to the moon, baby. Like, there, there's no stopping us, right? However, like, I I think they finally had the depth to do it, and I think that you know we're in year one point five of Jose, and things start going to shit in year three. So, uh, you know, we 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 have we're in we're in the the honeymoon phase of uh, of Jose. And, you know, I mean, he, you look at the way they're playing. This is not the Spurs from, these aren't Pacha's Spurs. I mean, you know, they're not, they're not soft. Like, I mean, we can get into an hour long debate about Harry Kane's penalty and, you know, was it, was it fair or whatnot, but, you know, they're actually playing, you know, in the way that is going to get them the results they want. And, you know, I think if anyone wants to challenge Liverpool, it's it's them, uh, and that's. I mean, I, I I promise you, I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can. I know that's hard to do with literally a West Ham fan and two Arsenal fans, but you know, that's that that's where I am, man. That's that's kind of how I'm feeling. And Dylan, and I, I I'm going to stop you right there. As an Arsenal fan, I have to admit, I feel like you really have a chance at the title, and that hurts me. As an Arsenal fan, because after I watched that 6-1 drubbing, after I've seen Harry Kane play on unbelievable levels this year, him and Son, are they the best duo in all of soccer? Some are saying, but I, it's it's not out of this realm. Like, it's like you're not a crazy. If you said this a couple years ago, I'd be like, all right, all right. But this year so far, I mean, I, I think you're not out of your gourd by saying that. You're, it's not a hot take to say, like, could Spurs pull something off. I I think easily top four. I think that's that's a given at this point. So good. Um 
Now, now, one thing I will say is that if I, if I take Spurs out of it, I, I will agree with JC, and I say 100% Chelsea. I think that they haven't really found their form yet, and as soon as they do, like, watch out, because it's going to be stupid. So. Right, right. No one's mentioning Arsenal. Okay, so um, uh, who am I going to go to? Uh, Brian and Neil, you both haven't spoke yet. Uh, uh, let's go Brian, then Neil, then I'll move into the fan questions. All right, so Dylan, I just want to say one thing. It's Tottenham. Um, they will find a way to shoot themselves <laughs> in the foot. <laughs> um, I, so at the beginning, right before the season started, um, I sent, um, to the discord channel, I sent a, um, prediction table. Um, I actually had Chelsea winning the league, um, going into the season after all those signings. Um, I was called crazy by some, um, I was starting to think I was a little crazy at the beginning of the season, um, but I do agree with Dylan. I think they're going to catch form eventually. Um, I, I think that, you know, there's just so many new pieces um, to that team. They've just got to kind of find their chemistry. And once they do, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they'll win the league, but I think they could make a serious push for it. And I, I really do think this could be anyone's league, though, this season. I do really think that it's going to be, you know, somebody's going to be an 80-point winner. Um, whoever it is. Um, so, yeah, I can see Chelsea. I mean, unfortunately, it's not crazy to say Tottenham, but um, I'm not going to for my own sake. I, I just want to follow up on that. I'm going to get the Neo in one second. But do you, Brian, could you see it coming down to the last day? Like an Aguero, like one of those I, kind of deals. It could. I mean, at this point, I mean, if you look at how close the table is, like, yeah, like we played seven games, but I mean, it's it's pretty close. Like nobody's running away with it right out the gate. So I could see it come down to the last mm. day. Like no records, um, no streaks broken this year. It just no. comes down to gritty, gritty football. I oh, love yeah. it. Like Liverpool's losing at Anfield this year. That's what's happening. <laughs> After 63 games on being whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> fuck them. Anyway. Um, all right. My, my Emirates friend. My fellow Gooner, uh, Neil, your thoughts on is no one's spoken about Arsenal, which is fine. But like, is there another team that could possibly take the title at Chelsea, a Tottenham, a Arsenal? I will say this one point about Tottenham. You guys look great. You're playing great under Jose. But Harry Kane's health is the biggest part of that, because what happens oh. with Harry Kane he bangs in 15 goals in the first half of the season, <laughs> then his knee machine goes broke and the team collapsed. So I think if Harry Kane can stay fit as much as it pains me to say, I think they there's a chance. But I think we have to contemplate Mr. Vegas here. And the one bullshit thing I'm calling out right now is they still have City as the title favorites at plus really. Point. I don't get it. So every that surprises year, when, me. when I check odds for Champions League and the Premier League, Vegas has this weird hard on for them. They're always the odds on favorite, and they always end up. Well, fucking it's American, so it is American, granted, but I think it's like it's kind of cap. Okay, I, and I, I do agree with what you guys said with Chelsea. They've they've got Werner. Havertz, who I hope he gets well. He recently tested positive for COVID. They've got ZX, who's been putting in performances every time he's playing. Uh, Tiago Silva started off shaky, but he's starting to like bring that leadership in the back. Mendy looks fantastic. I don't think they, to go well. 
Oh, Ben Showell looks great too. Thank you, JC. He's been I great think... since the beginning, by the way. I just oh, want to say been, I love I love Joel. Well, I think yeah, I think it would have to be Chelsea. And my other thing with Liverpool is I think if they continue form, if they sign a defensive rock in January, I think that could help aid their title push with how you know, Virgil van Dyke's out for the season. Fabinho, I actually don't know when he's coming back. And then um, if they go and sign a marquee center back, someone who can partner van Dyke in the future. Because, I mean, let's be real. Joe Gomez is, is pretty good. Joel Matip's good, like, rotation player. But if they sign Average, that, like, yeah. Mark, because what's his name? Jamie Carragher is like, they should go and sign Upa Meccano. And I'm thinking to myself, fuck, if they sign Upa Meccano in January, those bastards are going to win it again. Mm. So that's right, that's well, just my two cents. No, no, no. I I think those are both very valid because I mean overall, I mean they're solid everywhere else. Uh, we've had several hands raised. Uh, Dylan, uh, we'll start there and then we'll go to Brian. So you had your hand raised first. Go ahead. This is more just a this is more just a dumb comment, but I to, it blows my mind that uh, that uh, drink water and Chillwell have not yet like combined for like some kind of like water bottle sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> it's injected into my veins like like 100 like it's, it's it's just out there it's in the universe someone claim it someone do something with it because i'm telling you millions all right that's all i had all right um brian it's a brick and morty universe some alternate dimension yes uh brian what 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 did you have to add to the conversation um i'm all set <laughs> right right no i thought so after that all right um boys i Lads, I have fan questions. I'd be amiss if I did not mention them. So what I want to do for this segment of the show, um, I'm going to say the question. I'll give my two cents about it. I'll be less than 30 seconds. I'm already half a bottle into whiskey, so I have not much to say left. I want to leave it to you guys. If you have something to say on the topic, raise your hand. Use the raise your hand Skype function if you can. Um, or just I, I see you. You can also just raise your hand physically. Um, so I'm going to go to the first question. This is from our Instagram at lads podcast. This is from G dot machine. He says, will Keppa play a professional soccer game ever again? Great question. Um, I'm going to say after what Mendy done, I, I mean, it's, is it more Mendy is phenomenal or Keppa bad? Probably more Keppa bad, but Mendy has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I feel as though he is the marquee signing that Chelsea has needed before they've got all this attacking power. Like they were already great going forward or pretty good going forward, but definitely more problems in the back. Um, I don't know who wants to go first. I'll go with JC first. Uh, JC, uh, you raised your hand. What do you think? Do you believe Keppa will ever play a game of uh, professional soccer again? I mean, I just have one real quick thing and it's if Loris Karius can play professional soccer again for Besiktas I think Kepa can play another soccer game professionally again uh, fair enough yeah I mean like but Kepa has this he's the most expensive goalkeeper of all time of all time what a fall from grace is he the biggest bust in the Premier League of all time uh, that's another question but Dylan you raised your hand as well what are your thoughts uh, in, in the same vein if, if Joe Hart can play another professional game than then, then so can Keppa. All right. Like, I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Like, at some point, he'll play again. Now, 
they're not going to put it up for the, good, for the important games. But like I said, Joe Hart played today, and like that was that was a tough watch. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian or Neil, I'd be amiss. Do you guys have anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think as far as like starting in the prem, um, unless Mendy gets hurt, I don't think he's gonna, you know, at, at least, uh, you know, not gonna start, um, in the league, but cup games and stuff like that, maybe. But other than that, I don't think so. Not this season. Mm. Okay. Neil, anything? Nope. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, it comes from Brock. BRXCK, fellow Discord member of the pod. He asked, rocking, baby. Baby. Um, he asks, uh, how would an XFL or street ball type of league go over in the US? Like a hyper mask soccer? Like M A S C. That's hyper Oh, yeah, I guess, I guess so. Like a hyper to stop, like a, an aggressive soccer league, an XFL or street ball. I'm thinking of like FIFA Street, like for the PlayStation, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? Um, like a, a free, would you consider like a freestyle? I mean, I, for my personal opinion, I, I don't see a market for it because we barely have a market for the MLS. So <laughs> let's start there. Let's get that going before we have like an I, I I get what he's trying to say, like an alternative to your typical soccer type of league, maybe something more, you know, uh, would appeal more appealing to the um, to Americans who are more football and baseball and basketball kind of fans. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you would do that. I honestly, you have to do like an MLS style of like get a Zlatan, get a uh, Schweinsteiger, get a Pirlo, get a. Frank Lampard to come over here and David Beckham to try and like hype up the league, like retired players. Um, but honestly, I, it's, I don't know. I'm not the person to ask. Uh, Brian, you have your hand raised. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, what if though they set up that kind of league and it got more people into soccer in the U S you know, you get those kinds of players. You, it's flashy. You know, you market it well, you know, maybe it could get some people into watching, um, you know, more people into watching soccer. Um, I, logistically, I don't think that it would work. But, you know, they, it, they, I guess there could be an argument for it. But mm. Okay, yeah. No, I, I feel like there is possibly a market. Neil, go ahead. I agree. I feel it could be a really, like, niche market for it. Because if you've talked or if you've heard interviews from a lot of players, they talk about how they were playing, like, concrete football or concrete soccer growing up so you know maybe that could Street. spark interest amongst younger kids or like people around our ages but i feel like i feel like that could take off in like big cities maybe like a new york or an la or even down like south urban uh, areas yeah i feel like that would be actually really hmm. sick and as someone who plays a lot of pickup soccer i'd be like yo if i could play pickup on concrete that'd be pretty fun right like a pickup kickball pickup hockey pickup what whatever it could be okay uh did I see a, I I use Skype and I get shit on for using Skype earlier in the thing. But um, I I think Dylan and JC, did you both raise your hands? Yeah. OK, I, I think JC just raised his hands. So I'll go to Dylan first. So Dylan, go first and JC. So whenever this question was first poised less than two minutes ago, I'm like, that's stupid. That's the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. All right. However, <laughs> the last two minutes, my mind has changed. You know why? Because it's kind of it's kind of what Neil is saying, like. One of the big issues with soccer in America is availability, right? You had to be hella freaking rich 
like or literally put all your money towards it in order to even play at any kind of level and you know i mean green space is already kind of hard to find in urban areas to begin with and i mean i, I said i i, I teach at, at a high school like the only soccer that goes on is whenever the football team isn't using the the, the, the field or the pitch right if you could play on concrete like yeah it might it might fail however I think it could be like an actual like grassroots, no pun intended, type, you know, uh, uh, you know, movement that, you know, would have us looking like, you know, European countries where that's, you know, all they do. So, mm. yeah, Brock, good shout, man. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Yeah. JC, your thoughts. I mean, how would you approach something like that, like an XFL or a uh, different type of soccer league, something with different rules or different, like in the streets or urban area. Like, what are your thoughts? So I think um, like you, you look in the United States and there's the, the basketball at the parks in New York city. I forget like the names of it in Chicago. There's like the basketball, right. parks like hundreds, even thousands of people like come and watch that. Like there's, there's been people found there. And then for me personally, like in Lyon, there's uh there's concrete areas that are like, fenced off with like little fences that they turn into like little soccer areas, but it's concrete and they just turn into soccer areas usually right next to the basketball court or in the basketball court. So that promotes it. And for example, I don't know if you guys have heard of Ryan Shirky uh, for Lyon. He's uh, the youngest player to appear in a knockout stage in Champions League history this past year. He was found playing with the soccer ball when he was nine or 10 years old in the parking lot of the Lyon stadium by a Lyon assistant coach. So that is something to where Maybe not like XFL to where like the kickoff is both teams start running at one end and just go cleats to like the face. But <laughs> I, I'm sure you can find some intermediate to kind of go with like the whole entire basketball culture of playing on the concrete. Hmm. No, yeah, maybe find like that sweet medium that people aren't looking for. Like we look for that classical, expensive <laughs> soccer academy or soccer street ways of doing it. Like maybe we as Americans with such a high population have been going about it so long. Like why are we not good at this? Maybe we are not approaching it in the right way. This might be it. Brock, you may have solved our issue. So thank you, Brock, for your question. Much appreciated. Um, next question comes from Robert Saab, Rob Sweeney, who was supposed to be on the pod, uh, who is a part of the Discord channel. He is suffering from COVID, actually. This is no joke. He texted me literally uh, hours ago saying, hey, man, I'm not feeling well. I went, <laughs> totally fine. You, you have a very, uh, don't exactly have the best disease right now. Um, he says, dark horse uh, top four pick. So... For me, my dark horse top pick, Dylan, I see you, you got your hand raised first, uh, would probably be Lester, and if, if that would be considered uh, a dark horse pick. Um, JC shaking his head. Uh, Dylan, go first. All right. This may come up as a meme pick. However, if we're talking legit, like, dark as night, dark horse. Leads. Oh, I like that. I love what Biesla is doing. They are very fun. Could they be aggressive enough as they are? They are a very aggressive squad to be a top four. I'm I am a fan of that league, but are you are you a little like, you know, put off by the recent loss against Leicester? I mean, yes, but however, I I, I mean, to everyone's <laughs> point, you know, it is early and I mean, I mean, literally, you look at what they did the first, you know, what, four four matches, you know, just goals galore. 
Like I, I think that you know, uh, as, as a common saying in our in our, our Discord, you know, no no defense, just vibes, right? That's that's Lee United for you, baby. So yeah, that's that's my dark horse pick. I I, I really like that, JC. You immediately put your hand up, so go ahead. Um. So for me personally, uh, I think it would have to be a team that has some money, some good players. Um, that have been recently acquired in the past few years or something, kind of lower in the table. Um, I'm thinking Manchester United Arsenal. I mean, they're 15th and 9th. I'm just, I'm just kidding. You I'm just motherfucker. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for, for me, honestly, if you think about the start of the season and we're like a dark horse team, I don't think, I think the only one that could potentially, like I'm looking at the standings and I mean, like I could say Everton, I could say Wolves, but Wolves, it would have been in Europa League contention. Um, Everton, they've had a good start to the season. They're considered one of the bigger teams in England. So I honestly don't think that anybody from outside the typical top seven or eight that we have is going to make it into the top four. Okay. Uh, let's go to Brian. Brian, uh, your thoughts. Who could be your doc? doc? I'm, I'm spending too much time in Boston. Your dark horse. Who's your dark horse uh, top four? Um, I'm... I'm my one of my friends is gonna uh, shit on me for saying this, but I really do think Everton's gonna pull in on the fourth spot. Um, I I don't know. I like yeah, they've been they've been uh, performed in the last uh, few games as, as well as um, they started off. But I mean, when you think about it, all their red cards they've they've had people pieces missing. Um, I think it makes the most sense as much as I would love to see Leeds uh, hit that top four. I just I don't know. I don't I see the you know seeing them burning out uh, halfway through the season and kind of middling. But um, it it would be nice to see. But I'm I'm gonna have to go with Everton. No, I mean fair. I mean they were title contenders for the month of September. Neil, um, your thoughts on who do you believe would be a dark horse top four? All right, strap in. I originally went with Everton because look at what Don Carlo has done with the team. James looks fantastic. Richarlison does his part. Digne's been great, you know, despite the red card. But my dark, dark, dark horse is Aston Villa. I think really if you look at Villa, what, what they've done, the spine. You've got Martinez saving shots. Tyrone Mings, who I think is a fucking stud and a half, holding down the back line. Ross Barkley, yes, still, and he's starting to come back to his former self. Jack Real is just fucking phenomenal. Watch him play. And then Ollie Watkins, his first touches in the Premier League, scores a hat trick against the champions. I feel like if they could somehow harness the form they have and play off the misfortunes of other teams, there's a slim chance that Villa could possibly break it. I mean, that'd be unbelievable. If Aston Villa, how good for the Premier League would it be if Aston Villa were in the top four? Top ten, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I mean, but top four, see Aston Villa back in European football would be unbelievable. JC, you have your hand raised. What are you going to say? Didn't didn't the year before Leicester won the, cha- uh, won the Premier League, weren't they in a relegation battle? I think I remember them being only a few points above. So, I mean, it's not really out of the possibility. Aston Villa wins it on the last day of this past year. 
um, finishing the top four. That's the most dark horse. I really don't think Everton's a dark horse. I mean, we always consider them like, ah, oh, they're going to finish fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere around there. So it's mm. not, it's not, I, I, oh, yeah, I oh, like that. So, so for you, JC, the dark horse is more the, the people, the clubs that be in like the 12th or higher probably or 10th or higher. So like yeah. to you, like, like an Everton or like a Leicester, like I remember I brought up Leicester in the beginning of this when I brought up the dark horses, you shook your head. You're like, well, obviously, like they're probably going to be six or so. So it's not that far fetched. Hmm. No, I know. I, I'm just I'm defining like I, I really like that. That's very, very nice. Um, OK, we also had one more from the Instagram and it was from Neil. So thank you, Neil. It was, uh, you know, who got the party started. So uh, I think it was Thomas Partey. So thank you, Neil. That was that was very nice. Um <laughs> One more. Uh, we have two more questions. This is from our Twitter at La- oh, Neil. You have your hand raised. I won't be rude. What would this you have is, to say? This is not for my question. This is for the dark horse. And also, I think what would make that even more shocking if, by God's magic, Villa did that was they finished seventeenth last year. So imagine literally going from like bottom of the barrel to come out of nowhere and finish in the upper echelon of the prem. I think that'd be pretty amazing to watch. Wasn't it also like arguably shouldn't have been there? Yeah, because of I forgot which ma- it was. Um, it wasn't was the, it Sheffield it was the United? Ball crossed to the line against yeah. Sheffield in yeah. like the forty-first minute, and goal line technology didn't go off. Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be seen, baby. Like, who? I mean, if you're talking about like the top, like you know, historical and best fan bases and biggest clubs in Europe, I mean, Villa is is up there. I mean, it's. Uh, I have one of my best friends, uh, one of my best friends, Paul, I married him and his beautiful wife, Nicole, and, uh, you know, when I dyed my hair blonde, <laughs> they had an Asta Villa cake. It was beautiful. He is a diehard American Villa fan. Um, they're they're a great fan base. I love Villa. I love Jack Grealish. I, you know, I have a soft spot for them. But we have two more questions, guys. If you want to stay with me, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. It's been over an hour, approaching almost an hour and 10 or so minutes of the recording. So thank you again. So this is from our Twitter, at lads underscore podcast. Please follow us on everything, whatever. Uh, this comes from the group chat sports podcast. They ask, would you rather only see your team win one Premier League title in your lifetime or be able to relegate one of your friend's teams for all of eternity? If so, what friend and what team? I I will repeat it. It was a loaded question. I'm going to repeat it one more time. Get your hands raised. Would you rather only see your team win one Premier League title in your lifetime or be able to relegate one of your friend's teams for all of eternity? If so, what friend and what team? I feel like all the hands are raised right now. People got hands on their heads. People grinning, shaking. Um, I don't know who I last started with. I'll start with Dylan this time. I'll go Dylan and then we'll figure it out. Dylan, what is your thoughts on this question? All right. I, I'm okay. This, no matter what I say, I'm going to get shit on, right? So I'm gonna say have Spurs win win the championships. It's never happened, right? Ha ha ha. So I mean, okay, <laughs> won the double in the '60s. All right, damn it. Listen here. However, I will take that because I love my Arsenal friends. Okay, especially you two. You know why? Because without you two, I wouldn't have anyone to hate, and my heart needs someone to hate. All right, and that's you two. So that's my answer. 
I I love it. Wholesome, pure, very Tottenham. But let's go to Brian. I'll hop over to Brian. Brian, your thoughts on this question. Would you rather have your team win one Premier League title in your lifetime? You could live to be fucking 90 years old. You could die tomorrow. Or you could uh, have your friend's team be relegated till eternity. I believe that was the question. Something like that. What are your thoughts? <laughs> now, look, as a West Ham fan, we don't ask for much. We're never going to win the league. You know, where I I just want to finish top half of the table. You know, I want to have a you know, maybe push for Europe. So that's that's off the table. I'm not worried about titles. I'm not worried about Champions League or anything like that. I will say I would love to relegate Tottenham <laughs> because <laughs> I just cannot stand Tottenham. My I've I've got you know of course my boy Dylan and over here. Um, you know I'm sorry, buddy, but um. You know, you, you, they got to go. But uh, one of my best friends, uh, his name's Evan. Um, I was watching the uh, West Ham Tottenham game with uh, when we came back a couple weeks ago with him, um, and just watching this the joy drain from his face was just so. Just feed me, feed me that. You're like, a sick oof. person. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> oh man, when it, when you fight in a relegation battle every other year, you take what you can get. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, I'm gonna hop to Neil and then JC. Neil, same question to you. I think if I do ever see Arsenal win a title with my own eyes, that would be the happiest day of my life. Bar my future children being born, bar being me getting married, etc. However, seeing Tottenham go to the shadow realm for all eternity would all right, be the question. most beautiful yeah, thing ever. All right, listen here, fellas. All right. Listen here. How many times has Arsenal been relegated? Zero. More than, that's less than United, City, all, all the other teams in the top six. Right, so right, we can right, keep right. that oh. never getting relegated. That'd be amazing. But seeing right, right, Tottenham, right. just that's it. I'll, I'm going to pass it on to JC, who might have a different feel, though, as for Lyon. I, I'm not as familiar with Ligue 1 and stuff like that or in terms of affiliation. For you, like, I don't even know who Lyon's rival is for me. Like, I am that ignorant for that. So how does this question uh, apply to you? So with that being said, actually, when you said oh, the biggest game of the weekend was Manchester City-Liverpool, Lyon's playing the biggest rival in Saint-Étienne. It's like 45 minutes apart, um, and it's, it's, uh, it's the Rhone Alps rivalry. Uh, it's a big rivalry. Um, like my family split. Like my family that lives in Lyon, um, we got a few who support Lyon, but most of them support Saint-Étienne. Um, for me, I want the rivalry to continue so i couldn't relegate them even though the games there's oh. a lot of there's a lot of um a lot of contesting in the games uh i think saint-etienne have won 10 titles uh lyon's only won seven um that rivalry just makes it that much better um so i wouldn't want to relegate them but uh so i would obviously want the championship but if it's only one league on title for the rest of my life um, I'm going to go neither in that situation, or I'm just going to relegate like uh, Nantes or some team I don't really care about, kind of like West Ham. I don't really care about them. They can be relegated, <laughs> some mid-table team. So, um, so yeah, that, it's a good question to make it think, but I would not want my biggest rival relegated. Um, but you Arsenal guys and West Ham guys probably don't see Tottenham as a rival because they don't win enough. 
<laughs> wow, what a harsh. Uh, I, anyway, I will um, say Tottenham is pro- our probably our biggest rival that's in the Prem right now. So, um, I still like to see you go. All right, uh, Dylan did a timeout there. Uh, rebuttal. Yeah, yeah, the the timeout, bro. I, I know, I know. West Ham made the one over here talking mess. All right, like, like. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to remain being kind, okay? Because I love you all. Oh wow. Uh, very uh, amicable of you. Okay, last question of the night, which actually comes from Dylan. Uh, Harry yeah. Kane, Harry Kane uh, Stan account um, at Dylan.gif. He asks, biggest shithouse in the Prem? Uh, and Dylan, since you are here, which is very lucky for us, we never have this opportunity to actually ask the person who delivered the question. Are you saying currently or of yes, all yes. time? Like, like, Currently, can you define shit house. But, but we can, we can make it. Oh, okay, question. okay. Um, I would describe shit house as a misfit, someone who fucks up the game, a fucking uh, a, douchebag, a, 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 a douchebag, a Jersey Shore, which came back tonight. Shout out New Jersey. Um, uh, uh, um, a miss. I, I, I want to keep saying misfit, but a fucking uh, agitator. <laughs> Uh, someone who's an annoyance on the field um, currently in the game. Uh, if I were to pick someone right now, I am going to say Jamie Vardy. I think he's such shithousery. I love Jamie Vardy, the way he uh, talks shit to fans that weren't even there. He chats shit, get banged. The man does not stop. If I were to say all time, I'd say Diego Costa for me. I mean, he's the biggest shithousery of all time, but he's not in the Prem anymore. But currently, I just, but it's like a positive shithousery by Jamie Vardy, not in like a negative aspect. But um, did, I, I'm going to Brian because his square is highlighted on Skype. So I think he raised his hand. So Brian, go first. Eh, I'm still thinking, come back to me. Okay, Brian, mute yourself. Uh, Dylan, go yourself. Go, go. All right, so I poised the question, but like, and Neil already kind of called it in chat. But I, it's got to be Lamella, man. Like, come on, he he draws the red against United, like uh, in the most previous. Uh, what was that? Uh, it was like literally like a week ago. Uh, he literally like walks up and takes uh, the opposing team's uh, physio's water bottle, like walks off with it, drinks it, spits it out. I mean, the, the, the dude, like, he makes some questionable tackles, and, like, he does fuck up the game. Like, like literally, tactically for us, he will fuck up the game. And so, I, I think he fits all, all those. And then, uh, I guess of all time, I mean, me being a pretty, I guess, recent fan, I, I wasn't really, you know, aware of even what the term meant until probably, like, a couple like months ago to a year ago. But, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Luis Suarez, probably. Now... Oh, he's not he, fair he's, shout. That's a fair he's shout. A negative shit house. Like he, he's a bad person. So, but well, I mean, like you can do the racist allegations, the biting, the I mean, the list goes on. Luis Suarez, shithousery, pretty spot on. Neil, you have raised your hand. Uh, go ahead. So my answer to this question, it's not a player, but a manager, and Ooh. that goes. To the beautiful bald-headed Sean Deitch of Burnley, because that man lives and breathes shit through his tactics, his team selection, well, 
every time Birdley plays Arsenal, seeing his comments before and after the game, calling us a bunch of bitches, like, oh yeah, Sean Dyche, and Burnley in general. Now, if I'm going to go big picture all time... <laughs> Sorry, granted, that was an unbelievable answer. Sorry, that is... I did not see that coming. I have lost my uh, mind. That I, As a Burnley stand, that's un- well done. But if I'm going to go player of all time, it has to be Roy Keane. Dude was a complete dick face on the pitch, but he could put a shift in at the same time. So I'm going to go Roy Keane, greatest prem shit house. Mm. Our biggest, uh, I don't know, him and Vieira. I mean, biggest uh, shithousery in terms of midfield combatants. Um, uh, it, it's now between Brian and JC, who would like to go first. Uh, uh, Brian, go ahead. You want, you want anything? I don't know, man. I've, I'm really struggling with this one. It's a it's a tough one. I do like the Deitch. You have Mark bro. Noble. Are you kidding? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> he's like, literally the biggest shit three of all time. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm not gonna say that. Like, um, okay, you know oh, I'll right. go with Mark Noble. I gotta love. I you gotta you, you gotta love it. I mean, he's one of those guys that like you probably wouldn't like him if he's not on your team, but when he's on your team, you fucking love him. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> fine. <laughs> I don't know. He hasn't been playing the last few weeks. It is like kind of. Kind of skip my mind, but all right. Well, JC, go ahead. Is there a a shithousery player? You know, let's say Premier League in world football, but is is there someone that you would pick? I mean, I would say that uh, we'd have to go back about in the past decade and Joey Barton. He was um, oh, he was just that Great that guy pick. right there. You uh, he he came to France for like a year or two, and the people in France were like. Wow, no wonder we don't want the English coming to these games. Like he was, he was just crazy uh, for Marseille. Um, but I would say him, uh, Sergio Ramos. Uh, Sergio Ramos always does uh, reach out stuff, um, but he always has stupid stuff happen to him as well. And then uh, we're going with managers. I thought you were going to let go Lampard because he's gotten into it with multiple managers now, and he's oh, only been in, in for yes season. Um, and, but I, if managers, you can't you can't say. Uh, shithousery without saying Diego Simeone. Oh, great shout. Neil, you raised your hand. You want to add on? I lost my train of thought there for a second. Go, go to Brian. Go to Brian. Brian, yes, you want to add on? Brian is shaking his head. All right. Um, as 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 the the moderator, I just want to feel as though oh I want to oh Neil, you're raising your hand. Go ahead. I just remembered another great shout. We forgot the infamous Mario Balotelli. Right, but is he relevant anymore? I, he, I get the shit. How are you? Are you talking all time? I'm talking all time. He's not relevant oh, now, okay. and I hope he finds success in his future career. But well, no, but like some of the shit house moments from him, like. The one, it was the game in Inter was playing in the Champions League, and uh, Mourinho's talking to me. He's like, listen, you're on a yellow. I don't have any strikers on the bench. Please, please don't mess this up. Like, two minutes into the second half, double yellow, red card. Yes. I I mean, if we're talking all-time shithousery of a player, I mean, it's hard not to have Mario Balotelli in the conversation. Um, I feel inclined to say that guys, you brought up a very great list, but I, I'm going to wrap up the show now, but like, if there's any topic, like I will 
feel free to continue this. If there's something we didn't talk about or that's something that's been lingering on your mind, please feel free to put up a hand or anything like that. Maybe a topic that, you know, the questions in uh, JC. Go ahead. I, I, I'll open the floor to you. And as guys, as JC discusses question, if there's any other soccer topic that I may have not discussed or anything like that, feel free to bring up. So JC, go ahead. Um, so the one thing that, that I'm thinking about is what are your personal opinions on Zizou um, being sacked potentially at Real Madrid with the three Champions League and the two La Liga titles? Is he safe or is the form that he's currently in, I think he's had one win in his past four or five games. Is that enough to get him sacked? Mm. I'll, I'll open the floor and I'll wait for responses from Dylan, Brian, and Neil. Um, for me, I feel like no one talks about Sedan enough. I feel like we brought this up on a recent pod about how underrated he is when we talk about the best top manager in the year. The only manager to win, not only back-to-back, but three. A fucking Michael Jordan of three P. Champions Leagues and multiple La Ligas now. Um, I feel as though the pedestal to be a Real Madrid player and uh, manager is so high that they hold themselves. Madrissas are so hardcore that they need to take a deep breath. So for me, JC, I feel as though you bring up an excellent point that the fact that he's on the hot seat and also Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is on the hot seat is insane to me. That's absolutely fucking nuts to me that they are in the same category of terms of like will they be sacked or not so i i is it, it shouldn't be even a conversation that's crazy um i'm not sure did everyone raise their hand here uh so i, I don't know i'll just hop around i'll go to uh neil first neil your thoughts on what jc just approached the group about maybe zidane zidane being on the hacia barcelona or real madrid sorry Oh, he he has to be on a hot seat. So if you look at the La Liga table right now, I think they may be... No, they're in second right now on 16 points. Real Sociedad's leading La Liga. If you look at them in the Champions League right now, they are third in their group behind Borussia Mönchengladbach and Shakhtar. And here's my thing with what's going to happen. This is my personal opinion. I think... He ends up getting the sack around Christmas time to January. And then Real goes balls to the wall to try and get Pochettino or someone like Massimiliano Allegri. Because although all the media is flirting with United and Poch, I honestly think Poch will end up at Real Madrid because it's a job he's flirted with in the past. And with his ties to Espanol, he's never going to take the Barcelona job. So I think if they keep underperforming, he's going to be out soon. Okay. No, I think that's a very fair shout. Uh, let's go to Dylan here. Dylan, your thoughts on JC's question or comment about the heat that Zidane Zidane has faced as a Real Madrid manager? My, my thing is that there's only one Pochettino, right? If United wants him... Or, you know, Real wants them. Like, they can't split them. And, I mean, I, I he's really... My point is, who, who are you going to go after, right? Sure, you can, you can sack them, but, like, there, there's not a great, like, pool of managers that are available at this moment. I mean, there is one, you know, 
who I consider to be amazing one, but you know, it's, there's only one of them and they're two of the top teams in the world as far as finances and resources to get them that would want them. So I, I, I don't think that it happens. Um, but you know, who, who knows? Uh, I, I personally don't see uh, Potch leaving the prim. I think that is where he'll probably stay. But, you know. Hmm. Also, also DJ Mahar, I'm just wanting him to wait until Spurs on the back when he comes back home. So, <laughs> Okay. No, no, no. I think that's totally, that's totally fair. Brian, um, any thoughts on the Zidane, Sedan, like, uh, Heat? Um, I, I, I personally believe it's unwarranted. I feel as though Zidane Zidane gets so much slack and it's just this high bar that Madristas hold. And it's insane. Like, you guys have won so much where someone like Oligona Sokshar, who's won nothing, <laughs> and he's holding on to this job. Like, that's insane to me. Yeah, I think he, I think he should stay. I mean, if you look at the table, I mean, Barcelona's fallen off. I don't know if they're going to even be a contender this year. I mean, I feel like you should hold on to him. You win the league with him. I don't know. I just, I think it's a little unwarranted. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they do hold the bar like at a ridiculous level, and it just, it's just kind of mind blowing. Um, mm. But it's like, who's, who's good enough then? You know, like what is good enough? If they well, if they were to sack him, oh, yeah, JC, I mean, go ahead. You go you go into a situation if you're going to replace someone, you want to replace them with somebody who you believe to be better. So who is good enough? And then Neil, you're saying, oh, Real Madrid sits third in the Champions League. Oh my God, they're not going to make it. They're one point but away from being in first place. Like that's not saying anything. They're in second place in La Liga, um, and it's just it. I think it's just a little. I think it's a little too much. But then again, my fandom with Zizou. Um, growing up watching him and hey, him being my hero. Same. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be biased. I'm also biased as well. Neil, you raised your hand. Go ahead. You want to respond? I wouldn't say it's necessarily. I or I agree. It is premature. But if you watch the way they play, it's bad. It's, it, it, it's like ooh, like tactically they could use a little shakeup. And the one thing that made Zizou's tenure was having a prime Cristiano Ronaldo. Which yeah, is obviously a big factor, not having him, but you bring in someone like Eden Hazard to replace him. Another fantastic player. He's not firing on all cylinders. When he recently scored, that was his first goal in 324 days. So I think a shakeup of the team with a new manager could do them well. So you say Hazard was supposed to replace Cristiano Ronaldo. Hazard, I think, has been injured for, I think, 80% of the matches for Real Madrid. And he was overweight when he came to camp last year and this year. Like, what, how is that? How is that Zizou's fault? You get somebody to replace Cristiano Ronaldo, and then he comes in overweight, fat, and he gets injured. Too much Neil. paella in the squad room. Oh, okay. but um, <laughs> No, but that is a fair point. But I think, I don't know, man. It's with what Kevin is saying. It is... He's held on such a high pedigree by Real Madrid fans, by the board, etc. And I think it's a different situation than, say, United is in right now, where the board is ruining the team, blah, blah, Because, you know, Florentino Perez does love to spend a pretty penny when he has to. But I think if they don't hit form soon, then it 
Zizi's got to go. He's got to go. My new, my new form is being tied for second place in the Champions League and one point out of first place in La Liga. That's all I'm saying. But that's I, I just mean, the numbers. But watching them play, it's just like, well, oh, I'm, this I'm, is not the Real. We're used Neil, to. Neil, not to interrupt, but it is a very like United feel. Where United will be so successful in the Champions League and sometimes, but like you watch them in the Premier League and you're like, they look flat. They don't look good. And like that could trend that could transfer to long term success or not success. Like you watch that, you're like, that will not succeed going forward. So I get what Neil's saying. I get what JC's saying. Like if you look at the points, it doesn't matter. But um, someone brought this up in the group chat of the Skype and they brought up the Barcelona and their current form, Ronald Coman's <laughs> Barcelona. And again, guys, how are we feeling? Do we have time to touch upon this? All right, we'll throw it out there. How do we feel about Messi, this current Barcelona squad, which Barcelona, by all accounts, should be the best squad, if not the best squad in the world right now, right? They are considered with the best player in the world, should be doing well. And they're not. They're, I don't know where they are in the Liga, but it's, it's pretty far down, right? It's not good. Like seventh right now? I forget. I haven't checked. They're they're but around tenth, I think. Tenth, tenth. So, uh, I think twelfth. Twelfth. So you know, don't ever quote this podcast. But twelfth. Um, Neil raised their hand. I think Neil raised your hand first. We'll go to you first. Currently with Barcelona, Messi. I posted a video earlier on the live Instagram. Doesn't feel enthused to be there. It doesn't feel as though things are clicking well. What's going on in Barcelona? Something, something is definitely in the Kool Aid over there, because I remember like first <laughs> when you first start when I first started watching soccer, that was like prime Messi, prime Iniesta, prime Xavi, and watching like that team compared to now, it's literal night and day. I think Coleman was a very good managerial appointment because he's had the balls to call Messi out in public, which is something no other manager would do. And I don't know, man. So you have, I think Usman Dembele is a great player, but he's had his injury problems. Griezmann's not firing on all cylinders. They don't really have a true striker up top. And their defense has been really shaky, except man like Serginio Dest. Man like Serginio Dest, a beautiful American boy putting in shifts at right back. I think their season's going to be really interesting to follow because, you know, they made some good signs this summer, but it's not melding. And if you look at Messi's body language, he just he's just not vibing. He, he doesn't look like he's doing well there. And... Although sacking Bartomeu or getting him out was the right call, it's what what do you do with that? Like how do you build on that to make such a great football club even better? Yeah, well they decided. They were like Messi versus Bartomeu. It was like, well, Messi. It was it was the choice. Like top three, five player. I'm not gonna do the poll. I mean, obviously other people have their Maradona, uh, Pele, whatever. You're gonna pick one of the best players of all time over some owner but no i totally agree it feels like this is a very different barcelona than i'm used to when i was introduced to barcelona i was used to you know the 
2008 onward, like, you know, the uh, Xavi, Iniesta, you know, Champions League finals. And then I got introduced to the Neymar, Suarez, you know, it, it, it just kept getting better and better. And since then, since Neymar has left, it feels as though it's been a decline. And I thought that was a bad move for Neymar, but Neymar's been to a Champions League final more recently than Messi. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I, JC, you've raised your hand several times. So I'm going to get to you first. So JC, then I'll go Dylan, then I'll go Brian. So JC, go ahead. Dylan, I'll let you get in. I just have to say, Neil, you say, oh, Barcelona, they're not doing well. Usman Dembele's been hurt for a while. He's a really great player. But you don't, you're don't. you like, oh, Hazard, he hasn't been performing. So that's all I got to say. That was Oh, well, well, that's my arsenal bias. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. He's all terrorized right. me for too many years. It, it's great to see him not playing well. As someone who used to be in the Champions League arsenal, we always used to get prepared with Barcelona. It was not a fun time and get used to, you know, get 4-1 shellackings by that squad. But Dylan, you're, you're rubbing your hands together. What's going on? I I was just stretching, but I I have two things to say. Okay, first off, uh, shout out, shout out to Matt. Okay, shouts to Dest and Dest only. All right. Um, He recently turned me on in the U.S. national team, so fully on board. Uh, Thanks, bro. Also, okay, so I I teach juniors and seniors, okay, and I teach in a predominantly Hispanic high school. The absolute dejectedness of every kid that walks through those halls in a Real jersey, a Real kit or a Barcelona kit, and I'll talk to them. If if you if you if you've lost the youth, if you will, all right, I sound like a total old man right now, but if you've lost like like the, the kids, it's bad, man. Like you, whenever whenever you lose them, and like you have them upset, and like you ask them, hey man, like you know what's wrong with Messi, and like their first thing isn't you know Messi's God, it's I don't know. Like that's a tough look. So I mean, <laughs> there, there's something like it, it ain't it ain't great. All right, um, but yeah, it, you know, it, it is it is what it is. I suppose it is what it is. Yeah. Um, it is I, what it is. What it is. Um, Brian, I'm gonna hop over to you. I Dylan, I totally agree. Like if you start looking around the room and you're like, uh, guys, what's what's going on? Then, then we got some problems. So, Brian, I'm going to hop to you, and then, JC, you raise your hand. I'm going to get back to you. Um, I, I mean, I'm starting to think that Messi's the problem right now. I mean, he clearly <gasps> is disinterested. Shut your mouth. Shut I, your mouth. I'm, I'm team Messi all day. You know? <laughs> Dylan, Dylan is head-banging like he's at a Slipknot concert in Iowa. Now, Brian, what is, what, what's your thought process behind that uh, against the GOAT, the god of soccer? Well, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, you, you shared a video earlier, you know, on, on uh, the Instagram page. And that's my guess, uh, Instagram, yeah. Yes, drop the plug. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, you know, Messi's disinterested, Bar- Barca is painful. He's literally just walking while some guy runs by him with the ball. Like, you know, if you can't get, you know, what might be the best player in the world interested in the team, you know, how are they going to perform? I mean, I just, I think he's, I think he's going to go. Um, I think he's gone, you know, whether or not January or the summer, or I think it has to be in the summer, right. For his contract. But, um, but yeah, so I don't know. I just, I, I love the dude and I think he wants out and I think it's affecting everyone um, around him. So mm. he, he may be a cancer that I've just recently uh, saw in the chat. Um, JC. <laughs> 
Um, you're you're making a face right now. I mean, it's a joke, JC. I'm just joking. Um, what are your thoughts on this? And then I'm going to go to Dylan because he just raised his hand. But JC first. So I get what y'all are trying to say about Messi. Maybe he's the problem, etc. But I think I don't know when the video was taken. I don't know which match it was for. If it was before or after Bartomeu left. Um, but I think that Messi's trying to get his power. He's trying to make a power move. And some people are like, oh, let them manage it. You play the game, whatever. But I honestly feel like he didn't like the direction it was going. And going with that, uh, their current manager, he, I think he came into it. I think he signed a short-term contract. I think it was two, two or three years, very short-term contract for a manager. And I think he knew that once Bartomeu stepped down and when the elections happen, I think they're happening uh, early now that Bartomeu stepped down. Um, that when elections happen, that Xavi's going to come in as the manager of the team because that's what the front runner has been saying. He's like, Xavi's going to manage the team. And we all know Messi and Xavi, their relationship, they have a good relationship from their playing days. So I think this is just Messi trying to show the, the little power that he has to get a change up top. And once he gets the change up top, um, he'll be back to the Messi, the prime Messi. Uh, I mean, that's a big if. <laughs> I mean, like, who's to say? Dylan, you also had your hand raised as well. You are uh, keen to go. Go ahead. So, so to the point, like, you know, the whole, like, literally walking as, like, defender or, like, attackers run past him. I think that was, like, in the 90th minute of that match, and they were up to to 92nd, but whatever. But yeah. yeah, it's, like, it, it's it's not. I don't think that's a big deal. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to sway the public in any way of whatever yeah. social media I post. Yeah, go on. Right. Like in you know on this is on a like astronomical scale compared to this, and you know always <laughs> lines, but you know always to bring it back to Spurs. Like this kind of reminds me of the whole Christian Eriksen saga, where it's like he wants to be out, and it's kind of like he's just kind of being the shithead about it, right? Uh, now obviously Messi means way more to literally the sport of football than Christian Eriksen means to anything. Honestly, I mean homie, homie is ride that bench hella fucking hard uh, how how's he enjoyed it however like i i see some similarities in like you know the, the way that he plays uh his comments or lack thereof and then also just you know his, his overall demeanor and and then also like you know just, just real quick and then i'll 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 you know, I'll, I'll hop off it because honestly anything la liga is not my specialty but obviously it's messy Whenever you have arguably the best talent in the history of the sport or someone who is considered there, who is literally dejected and literally made it national, international news about him wanting to leave and you're playing with him, you're not as hyped as you were the season before whenever he was balling out of his mind. Like That's going to have an effect on people regardless of if he's trying to do a power play, regardless of anything. Because the thing is, if he's trying to do a power play, do the players know that? Because if the players know that, then obviously management's going to know it too and then they're going to see it as like you know well you don't have the power you want so i mean put yourself in the shoes of someone who's not messy playing there put yourself in the locker room and you're probably not too hyped either so that's mm -hmm. that's kind of how i feel about it yeah it could be like uh you know not to do an american example but could it be like a Tom Brady example where he's dissatisfied with what's going on around him? And I'm not trying to be biased. I'm a Philadelphia fan, but I live in the South Boston area. I live in Southie. Could it be an example where he's dissatisfied uh, with the staff, with the players? Could he find himself at a Man City where 
you know, he has better weapons around him, a better squad where he would feel himself, where he would flourish even in his older age, even though he's like, what, 32, 33? I mean, Messi's not old. He's not old, say, till, I mean, look at Zlatan right now. But could it be one of those examples where it's like, is it time? So I feel like that's a very, very fair point. Um, Boys, I have nothing left. If there's something that you would like to present, um, Neil, you have your hand raised. Go ahead. And the one other thing with Barcelona is, aren't they going to get into mad trouble with their wage bill? Because there was an article from Wednesday saying that they have to cut 171 million pounds or they can risk going bankrupt. And when you look at the wages on the list, it is absolutely insane because Messi's racking in like a million pounds a week or something like that. And then... I have the lit. Yeah, so if you look at the wage bill that they have, it's kind of crazy. So Messi's on 1.3 million euros a week. Griezmann's on 881,000 a week. Pjanic is on 180,000. De Jong on 400,000. So with a team like that, it's how do you cut the crust off the shit sandwich where to it's always sunny? And then build from that because 171 million pounds is a lot you have to cut so like who who's getting the axe right if, if i'm looking at barcelona right now i mean like busquets i mean i feel like that's fair uh rakitic is already gone he's back at uh sevilla um i mean i feel like barcelona there is a lot of fat <laughs> That you can trim up that squad and be like, you know, you can live and you can, you know, fight another day. So oh, do you do that to a club legend like Sergio Busquez? I think he's been there his whole entire career. Like you can do that with Rakitic. I think he came from Sevilla, but you can't just cut um, Sergio Busquez because there's been talks of him becoming like their uh, La Masia, like a coach for La Masia. So. Oh, I mean, JC, that's also very fair. I didn't even take that into account. I'm just talking about players who have, may have reached their potential and they might be looking for a replacement. And honestly, if we're talking about most underrated players of the decades, of the 2010s to 20, I think Busquets should be up there. Like, does not get talked enough about, like, his work. I think there's also, uh, I think it was, like, Steven Gerrard or another, like, legend of the game who said, like, Busquets, you try and close down on him, he'll pass. If you get too far away, he's just, like, he's a problem. So, for me, I I feel as though there are some players that, like, you know, the Jordi Alba's you've had to move off of, the Danny Alves's and stuff like that. I I don't know. I, Jay-Z, I'm not saying that, like, it's like you got to think about the legacy and stuff like that, but, like, like Real Madrid moving off Ronaldo too early or something like that. Like, um, who's to consider? It's like a, biz- it's a business decision at the end of the day, and players, like, take it personally. But at the end of the day, these are major billion-dollar corporations making decisions. So, I don't know. Uh, does anyone else have anything to add? All right. Well, boys, JC, Dylan, Brian, Neil, thank you so much for coming on, lads. This went way longer than I thought it was going to go, but this was so much fun. You guys were absolutely 
fantastic. So thank you to everybody who stuck around, who got to this point to hear me do this whole spiel and me gushing my feelings out right now. This is a lot of fun. Um, thank you so much to all of you guys. And, uh, you know, I hope to do it again with all of you. This is so much fun. Hopefully on maybe another pod, EBL boys or whomever. This is so much fun. Thank you so much. Um, you guys are amazing. So everyone enjoy their weekend. You're all great. And guys, you want to say a, a quick goodbye. Thank you. Yeah, thanks Thank for having you, us Kevin. on. Adios, bros. Coys, baby. Au revoir. Catch Come on, gunners. <laughs> Au revoir, boy. I'll be your dream. I'll be your wish. I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope. I'll be your love. Be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath. Truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong. I will be faithful. Because I'm counting on a new